Alright guys, you're welcome to the Think Podcast. My name is Joshua Francis and I have with the studio with me um, Amuche, right? Yes. Okay. We're going to go by first names for the sake of um, our policy of confidentiality. Just first names. I think it's okay. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah, it is. It's fine. So we want to talk about some things uh, this evening. Uh, listen up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Alright. Grab a snack. Grab whatever you want to grab. Let's discuss. All right, so where do we start from? Maybe we should start with uh, aging, the fear of aging, the okay. shame that comes with yeah, fear of aging. Yeah, we're, we're talking about that. And I said something. I said that, why is it that there are two things that I've discovered that it's quite um, private and sensitive with people? And that's when you speak of the subject of their age. And the other thing is the subject of their salary, how much they earn per month or however the duration of how they get their remuneration. There are two things, just those two things, age and salary. So let's talk about the first one, age. What do you think? Okay, as for age, the thing I've noticed about age is like there's there's this shaming around age. Okay. So this shame is usually particular with women. Okay. Okay. I noticed that the society shames women for aging. It's like society just, it almost feels like society hates older women. Okay. It feels like the more, the older you get, the more, you, the more useless you become. You, you become not useful. Sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a lady, so I don't think I can relate. So I can just say, okay, okay. So don't worry. Continue. Okay. Let me just ask you a question. Have you ever been shamed for being 24? Uh, actually, on my 21st birthday, I was so proud to say, in fact, I did a time, uh, what do they call it, time time down or something like that. You know, it's clicked to, 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 to 24. And, they, and I posted it on WhatsApp. I said, someone asked me, um, why are you comfortable with sharing your age? And I said, um, you will still see my age in Wikipedia after a while. So there's no point in me hiding it now. Just like Mark Zuckerberg's age is not a secret. It's on Wikipedia. I said, mine also will also be on Wikipedia. I know I'll be there, so I, you know, it's just my perception of how I see it. But I don't think I've ever get, I've ever gotten, um, ridiculed or made to feel shame for being twenty-four. I don't think mm. so. That has uh, never occurred. I think I like like the part where you say you are comfortable sharing your age. Yeah, I am. But I can assure you that most women are not comfortable sharing their age. Okay. And so, why is that? It seems like there's this fear we have as women for aging. We are afraid of aging, and this. Um, you see these things in the way we, uh, do we, we dress up ourselves, do we take care of ourselves, the way we buy things, the way we use cosmetics. Hmm? Now, if you check most of the products in the market, like a lot, there are a lot of products out there that, that the promise that is, they are anti-aging. They okay. say they're anti-aging, yeah. and these products sell very, very well. Are you Why talking is about that? Creams and things like that. Where there are serums, okay. where there are lotions, where there are eye cream, they just say they are they are anti-aging yeah. serums. Even though we know very well, like it's it's you just know that you you are aging. Yeah. Even though that we know, even though we know aging is natural, but because the society shame 
people for aging. It's just like they 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 have a way of telling you that you are becoming older, you're coming useless. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes these things flies in our face. Sometimes people can just insult you and say, "Oh, yeah, he's an old man." Yeah, they don't say he's an old man uh, with that tone of celebrating. Oh, he's elder than that. With, oh, he's he's not. He's elderly. That means he has more wisdom. Yeah. Oh, he's elder than that. That means he's less attractive, less appealing. Not exactly useful to this in the society. Yeah. Do you understand me? Yeah. yeah now let let me come back to women. Now there are some things I've noticed about aging, and I see these things. I've even gone online and I've watched some videos about women talking about the fear of aging, and I see it's women that are afraid of aging the more, not men. Like a guy could say, "I'm 42 and I'm single," and he feels no shame, and nobody will shame him about being 42 and unmarried. Yeah. Most people won't, at least most people, most people won't shame him. Yeah. But how dare you as a woman say you're 42 and you're single? Who, what gives you the right to be single at 42? You should be married at, at 42. Now, nobody cares if you do not want to get married. Okay. Nobody cares if you do not want to have children at all. Yeah. It's part of, it's just like a, 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 a rite of passage in life. Okay. You are born, you grow up, that you get to this particular uh, age, you get married, you have children. If you do not want to follow that rite of passage, in quotes, in quotes, yeah, yeah, in quotes, like you don't want to get married, you don't want to have children, you see people shame you for not wanting these things. Even though we live in a world now where there is this uh, increasing couples getting married and deciding not to have children. Yeah. Of women deciding they don't want to ha- get married at all. They want to live their life. They want to pursue their dreams and all that. Yeah. We still get shamed for not being married. No, just deciding not to get married. Deciding not to have children past a certain age. So, so I I know there there was once I asked a young lady. I I asked her. I said I was just curious. I I I can't remember why. But I asked her, "What? Give me, give me an age range of you know the young ladies that you're you're, you're talking about, and possibly yours actually." Um, she wasn't direct. I don't know for the the reason why she wasn't direct, but she said around. She gave me a range, a range of age, not not specific, not on point. So I I didn't ask after that. I didn't press on to say, "Okay, what's the exact age precisely?" Because I got a sense that it wasn't. And information that needed to be disclosed at that point in time, or possibly to a person like me, so I just stopped. So it, the way you're saying it is like some—it's something that has, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's obvious. It's—it's it's seen, you know, it's felt around the society that people don't like me, especially ladies. In fact, in on social media or on the internet, you say don't. They, I think I've I've come across something that said don't ask a lady her age. What does that mean? They say don't ask lady their age because they know she probably get triggered by triggered. asking that. Yes, she get triggered by asking that question. Why is she triggered in the first place? Now I've asked myself this question over and over because I had a coworker who had decided to taunt me every time we are in the same place about my age, me being thirty four and unmarried. And at first I was troubled. At first, like I I got triggered, but I, I remember reading a book that says questions are the answer. Are the, are the questions are actually the answer. So I took a couple of days to ask myself over and over. So it registers in my deep, 
uh, my subconscious mind. Yeah. Why are you triggered when she says something to remind you that you are married and you are childless? Why are you triggered? And then I realized the, the reason why I, why I'm one of the reasons why I'm triggered is because of the pressure that comes from the society. Yeah. The pressure of that comes when you are not married and we don't have children. The shaming, because I realize what she's doing, she's not just reminding me. It's she's shaming me for being single and not having okay. kids. I clearly see that she's miserable, that she's in a miserable marriage. And I clearly see sometimes in her tone, I sense that she wishes she could turn back the hands of time so she could choose a better partner. But then she can't say that arrogantly. She can't say she just makes, she just wants me to, me to she's just trying to give me this um, shame energy. She wants me to, to live in shame of yeah. being single and unmarried. Because when people are living in shame, you see they can't live their best life. You can control them because they're living in shame. So what I, what I did was question myself. So I asked myself this question. Why are you triggered? Why are you triggered? And I, dis- I discovered it also at the root of it is fear. Okay. So you are, why are you afraid of being single? Why, why are you afraid of not having children? You're afraid because you know when you go out there, you get shamed. All right. For being unmarried or you get shamed for being single. Now age. So if a guy walks up to me and says, how old are you? It's already, it's already in my, in my, in my, in my, in my subconscious. So, I get this alarm. Why is he asking my age? Maybe he's asking my age because he wants to ask me why, why I'm not married this age, married this age, married this age. Or he wants to ask me. I just feel like he wants to shame me. Yeah. Is, is, is it that whenever, you know, those questions get asked, Mm. they, they trigger some connection to try to seek the context from which that question was coming from. Yes. And don't you think that oftentimes that context could be biased or is it that the context could be predicted from, let's say, reading, you know, the body language, the the tonality of the voice of the person, the way the the person's facial expression, you could know exactly why they, they, you know, they asked the question in the first place. So you know how to answer. What's the, what's the case? I think there are guys who ask these questions innocently. Okay. But why are you asking that question in the first place? If, if, not, if not that you've been conditioned to judge women as they grow older, as they age. Why are you asking, why are you curious about a woman's age? Okay, look at this scenario. A guy, he's 28. And then she's asking the 20, she, a guy is 28 and single. Okay. Or married. Okay. Not, doesn't even know what he's doing with his life. Alright. But he's asking the 28 year old lady, why are you not married? Do you see that now that he doesn't see, he thinks he can be 28 and unmarried. He has the right to be 28 and unmarried, but the woman doesn't have the age to be 28 and unmarried. That means there's a certain condition attached to that. Yeah. Because he's been conditioned to see women a certain way. He's been conditioned to, to see women as married at a certain age. Uh, oh, okay, you can, go, you can go to school and get a college degree, but at the end of the day, you should be married. You should be married at the age of... 28, 29, you should be at a certain, at your late 20s, okay, we know we can tolerate you when you're 21, 22, 23, but once you are in your late 20s, what's going on with you? Why are you not married? So people don't know that these things are deeply, deeply registered in their subconscious. It's conditioning, you know, we don't know these things. Just like those of us that have colonized mind, we don't know that the reason why we say some things, believe some things, yeah. ask some silly questions is because we are operating with a colonized mind. Now, as for 
the you said you said something about perception is that if the question could be asked yeah that's maybe it, just like you said that someone could ask the question innocently innocently okay but, if i pose the question tony the other one what if it's a lady that mm. asks another lady mm. oh you've said that before but speak on it again what if it's a lady that asks another person another lady her age let me tell you something this condition about age age you have to know that what, what when we talk about when i talk about erroneous conditionings sorry i didn't get that word. erroneous conditioning okay, erroneous okay. like if you if you have dark skin you're ugly if you have big nose flat nose you're ugly if you have thick lips you're ugly yeah you, you know beauty standards all, all, yeah. all that it's not particular to, to boys alone okay toxic conditioning is for is people get con as we as, as we get as we are giving birth to as we grow up as kids we have this yeah. erroneous condition so it's not just for boys it's also for girls sometimes we operate against ourselves as women do you understand me okay yeah i get you so sometimes we we sabotage ourselves as women do you know it is recently i started seeing the reason why i look at ladies a certain way let me tell you the truth now because now i have awareness eh, but there's something like cellular and um, i think cellular memory and uh, muscular memory so muscular memory when it has to something has to do with things you do with your hands like say somebody knows how to bake okay and maybe later was involved in an accident or something because the muscular memory of knowing how to bake she, 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 since she's baking with her hands she can still continue baking even without any form of cellular memory okay but okay. if you used to be an artist if you used to be a, a banker if you used to be a uh an accountant an accountant all those uh, professional courses you are most likely to forget forget some things because they're cellular they are in here okay but it has the that. one that has to do with working with your hands are the ones that you can retain the more now conditionings that i've got from childhood some of them are still with me they're, they're still working against me but the difference between me and somebody who hasn't done any work is that i'm now aware oh yeah so i have cell the cellular memory is still there so it's going to take me a while for me to erase them out of my memory but at least now i'm aware that when i ask a lady who is 42 why are you not married i know why i'm asking her why she's not married okay so now I, I I catch myself judging a lady who's not married. A lady who's not married. Even though I, I even though I'm a lady myself. Now I'm, I'm supposed to be loving. I'm supposed to be understanding. I'm supposed to be compassionate to myself and another lady. But I am not. Why? Because of the erroneous condition that I have. I got from childhood. Yeah, I get that. So when you catch another lady, when you see another lady asking another lady, like a lady who's 28, asking a lady that's 34, 36, why? She's not married. You just know that what is playing out is the condition conditioning that she has gotten so even though she's, she's sabotaging i bet that lady is not nice to herself the question she's asking that lady now she will ask herself in the future if she does she doesn't get married at the age of 34 or if she if she doesn't get married in her 20s and maybe by the time she gets to her 30s she'll start to sabotage herself she starts to she'll start to beat herself up while she's not married because she doesn't even love herself she has not even worked on herself so this conditioning is not just for you it's, it's not something that you use against other people something that you, you weaponize against your own self so because i believe in self-love i really self-love is the most important love like love yourself first before you can extend that love to someone so to someone else so how am i showing self-love to myself i'm working on deconstructing erroneous beliefs 
that have been ingrained in me from childhood. Okay. Like patriarchy, which is working against women. Misogyny and all that. All that. Anything I know that is working against me. All the erroneous narratives, erroneous beliefs, erroneous conditions on race, sex, marriage, relationships, romance. I'm working on these things constantly. No, no I, 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 I love this. I actually love it. But I want to ask a very funny question. Don't mind me. Um, I live in a society that traditionally it's a taboo to speak on some subjects. Okay. In fact, don't even bring it up. In fact, it's, it's being frowned at. It, it's it's being frowned, not just frowned at. It's a taboo to speak of those things. Okay. Speaking of them, you get ostracized, you get marginalized, you get okay. shunned. Like, shut your mouth. We don't talk about that. <laughs> this is so, not the Western world. Yeah, maybe, probably. But <laughs> the thing is that knowledge of those things are beneficial for you know the children now the there was an article i wrote a certain time i said i don't believe in secrets the title of the article was i think i don't believe in secrets now i truly don't believe in secrets i think there are no secrets but they are private things it's just private for example um asking uh, a young lady once told me that um whether you like it or not young ladies and young guys they have boyfriend and girlfriends even though you might say okay uh it's not don't don't do that. Don't do that. And whether you like it or not, they do those things. Whether you like it or not, they do those things. And it's, it seems like speaking of these subjects, in in some family, it seems like a taboo. But I think there is an education that young ladies and young guys need to have from home, in order for them to be safe, to be informed when these things begin to happen. For example, for young ladies, the changing system in their body as they begin to grow. So what do you think you can say concerning that? Concerning the taboo. Because whether you like it or not, these things are in existence. But we don't speak of, of those things because it seems like they are too sensitive or the children are too innocent to begin to hear matters concerning that. What do you think? Now, this is my opinion. When it comes to ideologies, I believe in balance. Don't be at the extreme. Don't be at the outside. Just be in between. Now, there are people who don't, who don't believe in a religion at all yeah then there are people who go the extreme when it comes to religion i don't like any of those i prefer to be in the middle but but this is actually not about religion i i'm i'm, I'm giving an example okay it's just uh, i'm just telling you just i'm just trying to I, I prefer balance okay now we don't talk about certain things in this culture not because they are wrong but because of traditions yeah and religion is part of it too indeed I must so, say that. Who made these traditions? Man. Man is not perfect. So maybe uh yeah, I don't care that uh these traditions have been in, in place like since two two hundred years ago, I don't care, or ten thousand years ago. As long as it's men that made them, they should be corrected, adjusted over time if it doesn't fit the pre- the, the the modern day society. Yeah. That's my that's my own belief. Now there are some things parents don't teach their children about. They don't. They don't teach their children, but they should. They, but these children should be taught these things. Like when it comes to sex, exactly. For example, now, what you are hiding from this child is what the child will still in outside, and woe betide that child that learns it the wrong way from the wrong source. 
Like I was watching a video and this guy, I can't remember. They get this guy was talking about how teenagers learn about sex. That more than seventy percent of young guys learn about sex from friends, from reading books, or from Pornhub. Yeah, I, I I hope I'm not wrong about that number. So there's an appropriate time to teach children about sex, about sex, about the ch- at least the changes in their body. There's the appropriate time to teach children about this. I don't have kids now, but I believe there's an appropriate time to teach children about this, and I will teach my children about these things because these things are life. This go this this goes back to what I was talking about of shame. Yeah. Now shame it's it's a weapon that's used in this present world. Like it's so weaponized that shame has been really, really massively weaponized in this world we live in. The shame surrounding sexual intercourse, the the shame surrounding uh, age and all that. Why are you ashamed to talk about something that is as natural? Like you just imagine that you you went to visit your friend, and then you walk into the living room, living room, and the mother says, "Oh, please wait." He's in the restroom. Will you look at the mother and say, what do you mean he's in the restroom? What is restroom? What is he doing in the restroom? If you, if you ask that question, what is in the restroom? You look dumb. Don't you think they'll question your sanity at, the, at, that, at that moment? Exactly. Because <laughs> it's like this is normal, right? Yeah, it's this normal. is human. Why are you surprised that he's in the restroom? The same way. Isn't social intercourse human? Why are these things not, not being taught to children? Why don't we embrace this, these things without shame? These are beautiful things of life. Do you understand? But there's this shame surrounding sexual intercourse, surrounding sex. That's even why we can't even call our body parts our body, what they are. The private parts, we can't call them, you can't call the names, we can't call the one because there's the shame. I, I remember <laughs> when I remember when uh, uh, I was in uh, secondary school. One time my Irish teacher was taking about reproduction in animals. I think he was using pig as an example. So when she got to the part of the, the female I remember I, I, her, her entire face just the, she, she uh, her face just became discolored all of a sudden. I could sense the, the <laughs> was she struggling to speak? Exactly, I so could co- sense the like um, the her, the unease. The unease, thank you. I could sense the unease in his entire body, like because she's talking about. And then when somebody said, "My, you understand? Can you uh, talk more on this?" She got visibly angry. She was provoked, like. What do you mean? Don't understand this. You're speaking in Ibo language. What do you mean? Don't understand it. Don't you get what I mean by this? This. I remember. We. I remember somebody asked another teacher. That was the agri teacher. When we later got a new teacher, agri teacher, that didn't. Um. It wasn't agree. a problem. It wasn't a problem with him. He said everything the way it should be. He said it, he really elaborated. Yeah. So you see the thing with shame. You see how shame works on women. It's different from the way it works on men. All right. That is why you see men are men don't men are really uh, expressive when it comes to sex, age. Unlike women, women women are drawn when it comes to this because even the society teaches you as a woman you are not allowed to ask certain things because you'll be seen as a wild woman, you'll be seen as a a, a, a worldly woman. I think there's a word they use for it. Now, how about the extreme of this part of young lady who you know, like the extreme of feminism? How about that extreme? What can you speak about? Because I, I, I assume it to be an extreme. You know, that's it's it's too much. Of course, you can speak on some things, but it gets too much to the point where you say um, marriage is not relevant, uh, men are not relevant, and you know. And so, how about what can you say about that extreme? Because I consider it to be an extreme. Can you can you tell me like two things that has been invented in this world so far? 
good things that have not been used for, for, for bad things. That have not been weaponized for evil. I, I, I think almost everything. Almost everything. That's one thing. I think this whole movement of um, feminism. No, it's not feminism. Eh? Feminist. This feminist. Feminist. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it started. I haven't really, really read up on it. But I, I didn't think it started as a way to contradict men. As a way to contradict marriage, criticize marriage, condemn marriage. Okay. But you know, sometimes good things, good movements, they turn, turn into rackets over time. I don't know why that is. So that is why I, I talked about balance. Hmm? So now it seems they are now on the extreme. Just because your marriage isn't working doesn't mean you come out and influence 100 million um, young ladies that are 15. You yeah. know, they are not, you know, at that age, they, there are a lot of things they don't think about. They are still growing up. They are still babies. You now influence their thoughts. You now shape their thought on marriage. You don't allow them to learn themselves. You don't allow them to learn, they learn by reading, learn the right way. You now shape their, the way they think about marriage, which will affect them by the time they get to 25, 26, when they want to actually get married. So just because your marriage doesn't work, doesn't mean another, another person's marriage wouldn't work. So feminists, they actually have good points. They talk about um, equal pay. So why are we doing the same jobs and then we are any different salaries just because you are a man and a woman? Doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, it doesn't we are doing sense. the same thing. That. But then they go to the extreme of saying you should not get married. Men are scum. We should not be afraid of leaving these men. Uh, let me decide. If I want to leave a man, let me decide what I want to do with myself. That's just the extreme part. Being a feminist, I don't think there's anything wrong being a feminist because they're fighting for a cause. Yeah. You could agree that there are some countries, there are some cultures where they don't like um, um, raising um, um, training girls to, uh, as in educating girls. Some you could cultures. agree that some cultures. Yeah. So those are the parts where, fair, where fair and feminists fit in, where they say no, just because they are gays doesn't mean they cannot be doctors. You should allow them to choose what they want in their life. Just because they are gays doesn't mean you should raise them. Raise them in the way that they make men center of their life. So whatever career they want to pick, whatever they want to do with their lives, they, you just raise girls to raise girls for marriage. Learn how to know how to cook, know how to clean. Uh, don't bother going to university because you will eventually get married. Let them be. So these things are, that's extreme too. Yeah. I know I'll get married, but don't, how will you raise me as if marriage is the only thing I, I, I came this, to this world to do? I could be a doctor. Good point. I could be an inventor. Yeah. So I think it's extreme too to raise girls like. Okay. You should so, be getting married. Okay, no, so, let, me, let me say something though. All right. Now, that kind of conditioning, that kind of, when you raise a girl to prepare for marriage, that is going to make her to male centered. What do you mean male centered? Male centered, that is. Most of the things she does in life are centered around men. This is one of the origins. Centered around men, like attracting men, doing something exactly. that appealed yeah, that so that to men. Yeah, so that means her looks, okay. whatever her looks, the way she, she speaks, her clothing. she's going to clothing, she's going to do everything to make sure she's appealing to men. Okay. And okay. why I'm I saying this is because of the, the energy that's invested in doing these things. But, but isn't that what exactly happens in the society? Because it seems like to me, it seems like it shouldn't be that way. It's 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 difficult to walk on the streets without getting distracted. That's because of the condition they have. Now, you see women buying books on uh, female relation, uh, relationship, how to talk to your man, how to be a good girlfriend, how to be the best uh, uh, cook, and all that, just to cater to men. How many times do you see men reading books on how to be, be a good husband, how to be 
excuse me, I want to be a good spouse, I want to be a loving boyfriend. They don't. <laughs> it's women. No, it's women that read these books because they don't know that their life is so centered around men. Okay. That they want so much validation. It affects them so badly. So that is where I come in when I say, when you say women sabotaging, that is one of the reasons why women hate each other. Let me give you an example. Okay. Say a lady sitting in a, in, 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 a, in, a, in a room and another lady who is as beautiful as she is or more beautiful than she is walks in. Immediately you, you sense the energy changes, the hatred. Yeah. Why is that? Why, why do you think she's competing with her energy without saying a word? I don't know. Why is that? Because of male attention. Because she now thinks, oh, that guy sitting by the end of the room could give me 100% attention. But now that this lady is here, it's going to reduce to 50% attention. Probably 30. So okay. that's why you see women fighting against it. That's why you see women don't love each other. It's patriarchy. It's patriarchy. Patri- what, what's patri- what do I mean by patriarchy? Like That thing of loving men so much. Like pedestalizing men. You put men in a pedestal. Do you understand me? That is what, that's one of the issues why women don't agree with each other. So that's the extreme. So when you say feminists are being too extreme by saying don't get married, that's extreme. You should also think about the other part of conditioning young girls to plan their life around a man. That's extreme too. So that's part of what feminists are fighting against. That's why they're saying teach girls to be doctors. Okay. If a girl is trying to be a doctor, that, is, that means she's not making a, a man a center of her life. Because if the man is center of her life, that means she doesn't have to go to college. She doesn't have to finish secondary school, learn a trade and get married. If she wants to be a doctor, that means she's going to get married later, 32, 34, 36, because she has to get a degree. That means she's put herself first. Yeah. Not putting a man first. So that was, that's what femin- feminists are fighting for. I, I, I agree that there's some extremism to it. But I would also tell you there's a lot of advantages to being a feminist. Good so it's point. just striking the balance, just getting to the balance, just balancing that's just where the issue is. And when it comes to balancing it, you preaching to the whole community of feminists and say, let's get a balance. I think that's good, that's personal because what, what you have to know is that people's past, people's childhood, the way people raised is going to affect the way they practice feminism. Okay. Okay. So so I, I wonder how point out why you were speaking point out the fact that sometimes when we are in discussions discussing about some things and then there's a sensitive topic that comes up in our definition sensitive and someone said you know you know what i'm saying you know like when they when they're speaking of something like sex you know, someone says you know you know you know what i'm saying and then they they allow the person to understand what they are trying to say probably the person might not understand the person might just nod and like, for example while i'm saying this i said yeah i say something like you know you, you know what i'm talking about uh-huh they don't allow they don't um demystify the issue they don't speak on it they don't break it down to really say this is exactly what i'm talking about they just assume and expect the person to understand do you think that's a good way to raise a child or to you know speak to a friend concerning matters because there are some things friends might even want to talk about they just say you know when it gets to that position of a sensitive talk you say you know those kind of things you know what what do you think why we are raising um a generation and why we are also coming up and building ourselves do you think we we should discuss with our peers or with younger ones in that kind of tonality if it's necessary 
There sometimes it's not necessary, fine. But if it's necessary, do you think it's proper to break it down? Even though you might say, um, this one, you don't want this one to be exposed to something like this. I think it's proper to demystify every, those things because these things are natural. They're not immoral. Have you ever been to the hospital and then you, 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 the doctor is, uh, talk, uh, is talking to you and then he tells you that part of your body, you know what I mean? No, I don't think. Like, the eye is aching. Like, let's say, let's say you, go, you, go into, you go to the hospital and then you have a complaint. That, well, the doctor will ask, definitely ask you, what's wrong with you? And then you say, that part of my body, you know what I mean? It's aching me. <laughs> you know, you, you look so stupid. You're stupid. Like, you're do you understand me? Speak. Uh, do you want to talk or you want to live? You want to live with your pain? Yeah. What if my that part of body is pain me? Use the word. That's what. That's what. That's that's what I'm talking about. Shame. When you raise a child like that and say that part of your body don't allow your body to touch that part of your body, hmm? this part, mommy, which part you talk about? Which part are you talking about? Is that that one? You're expecting the, to hear. The, so the already young you're, guy, the young lady you're already teaching that child shame. Oh, you're right, oh, you're right telling the child that is not something that you should you talk about. Don't mention the name. Yeah. Okay. Imagine now you're talking about you are you are you are, you are teaching a child about sex, and you say, "My dear, you see this place now is called the vagina. This place is called this place is called this." And you mention the names. You see, I can't even I can't even pronounce the name myself. That's how deep it is. And then you say, "This is the vagina. This is this is that." Don't allow a guy to touch this part as a vagina. If that child goes out and say, my mommy taught me that I shouldn't touch this, the, um, a boy shouldn't touch this part as my vagina. Your mommy must be an, a terrible mother. She must be immoral. They just start looking at you because like... Because those people too have been conditioned to, to, to shame, to have shame around yeah. those things. But if that child grows up that way, she's going to be amazing. Already, she has not, because she, has not, she, has, she wasn't taught how to be ashamed about those things. Okay, let me give another example. Like now, Hair, I know hair is political. We've been conditioned to believe that our hair is ugly. We've been conditioned to associate our hair with pain, with convenience. We've been taught to believe that there's something scruffy and untidy about natural hair. The hair that we grew up with. There's something I used to console myself with my hair. Do you know what that is? What's that? The way my hair grows up. Okay. It's not strange. My hair grows upward. Do you know why it's not, it's not strange? What? Trees go, grows upward too. Most plants actually grows what? They go upward. upward. So I compare my hair to it. There's this plant in my school, flower plant in my school. So I just compare. I, 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 I once told my student, do you see how, why are you ashamed about of your, of your hair? Do you see how that plant is growing? Is it, is it growing sideward or downward or upward? It's upward. I said, that's, what, that's how your hair grew to. You have your hair animals, right? Nothing strange. Now, look at children. Parents use, uh, mothers use relaxers on their pre-present pre- girls. Yes. People sent they are under, as in they are not even up to twelve. Okay. They are not up to people sent age. Okay. They are using relaxers on their head. Their brain that's still growing. They are using relaxers on their head. Okay. When you are when you use relaxer on a child that's six one year, okay, let me say three years, you relax the child hair a little. Twelve, uh, five, seven, nine, twelve. You're still using relaxers. You've never made her hair, and you really make her like during celebrations. Use extensions to make to plate her hair, to braid her hair. What are you teaching that child? I I I have no idea. Right now I'm lost. You are telling the child your hair is not actually beautiful. If you want to look beautiful, this extension is what you can use to. When you use this extension on your hair, your hair will not look 
beautiful. Oh, your it. hair is not that beautiful to be carried like that. Do whatever you can to hide your ugly hair. You understand? Yeah. You haven't. You didn't convey this mes- message directly, but you did energetically, subliminally. Do you understand me? So the child picks up early on that my hair is ugly. Extensions are actually beautiful. He just the child. She just sees it as normal to use extensions. Recently, my niece was talking about extensions. I think I um uh, I think I was uh, I don't know what I was doing with my hair. And she now said, eh, I don't feel carrying my hair like this. This this virgin hair self. The way she said that, she do you know she has learnt the hate. She has already picked up the hatred. Yeah. So now she has already she already know how to hit her hair. Do you see? Yeah. Self sabotage. So we not teaching our children about sex. We are doing them harm. You understand? Children that are taught about sex will will really be abused by adults. Because they know that place is fundamental, that place is private. That place is important. So that means if you touch it, that means you are doing something wrong. So they tell their parents. But the ones who doesn't know anything are the ones that will get abused the more. Shame. Shame. Why are we ashamed about our body parts? Why are we ashamed about our hair? Why do we sh- shame each other? I th- I like, let me talk about a little about hair. I think the most painful part of being natural is the shame you get from people who are supposed to understand you. From people who are supposed to understand you. If a white guy shames me, a white lady shames me, I know we have different hair types. But when you that is black like me, your hair grows out the same way my hair grows out of my hair. And you now shaming me because your mind is so colonized. It's way, way more shameful and painful than if it's another person that is doing that. Somebody has a different hair, hair texture. Yeah, someone from a different colonization some different, different environment different ethnicity yes yeah it is it is very very important thinking about these things and it's very very crucial that conversations like this you know come up and then we discuss it so um i want i want you to give recommendation you know while we're rounding up i want you to give us recommendation on what you think concerning the hair concerning uh sexual relations concerning age and shame what's your recommendation to young ladies um i know one that i'll particularly send this to and some people that i'll share to, to you know try your best to listen to this but what do you think is your recommendation because it, it, it makes no point talking about problems if we don't talk about solutions so what's your recommendation how are you tackling it and how do you suppose that other people could also you know help themselves and help the society at large to tackle these issues I believe conditioning starts from childhood. Okay. So they are not conditioning your dress or your fingernails. They are conditioning your what? Your mind. So now you're grown. You know that you have a, uh, some erroneous conditioning. So you know your conditioning around your conditioning around sex, your hair, age, marriage, religion is epileptic. What do you do? Thank you for asking. You're going to do everything you can to deconstruct these narratives. Let me give you one toxic 
annoying, irritating narrative about, about women. Hit me. Women are their own problems. Like these women have not been conditioned to hate each other. Like these women have not been pitted against each other by patriarchy. Women are their own problems. Well, I don't have to go and meet any man and say, why do people say women are their own problem? I just know that maybe it's just one angry man somewhere that have been dumped by women or maybe uh, uh, scared by life that, say, that, make, that came up with that narrative. What do I do? How do I fight? I start with my mind. So you've been, con- you've been, you've been conditioned for years. So don't expect that this erroneous condition will just leave you by you just believing. No, I believe women are not at their own problem. I believe my I believe my hair is beautiful. I believe my fussy hair is beautiful. I believe age is just a number. I believe I can get married. And I believe I'm, I'm I believe I can be happy if I don't get married. I believe I can be happy if I don't have children. Hmm? I believe marriage is beautiful. No, you can't just change them like that. It's a constant reinforce. You continue to reinforce your mind. You continue to tell yourself distance every single it. day. Like the que- I use questions like questions I ask myself. Let me start on marriage and age there's a que- there's this question that i asked myself recently why are you triggered when people when people say you are, you are single you are married why are you triggered when people say you are 34 and you don't have children why are you triggered why are you ashamed? are you afraid of, of aging what if you don't get married at all what if you don't have children at all in this life are you afraid of those things why are you afraid of aging why are you afraid of being single? Why are you afraid of being childless? Why should somebody tell me that I'm ugly? Like, what makes you think that you can be the police around distance? So somebody can sit somewhere and say, this is beautiful, this is ugly, this is the accepted standard of beauty, and then I'll buy it. No. You question things. That sounds funny. Accepted standard of beauty. Never yes. had that before. No, there's a standard of beauty. Beauty standard is Caucasian. Light skin, thin nose, long nose, thin lips. Yeah. But people like myself don't look that way. So that indirectly means you are what? Ugly. Oh. So whether I would like it or not, these things have been deeply conditioned into our minds. So how do I fight? I don't have to... Moving, I don't have to go run into the streets with placards. I don't have to start hating white people. No, I start by I start with my mind because I know what was attacked was my mind. What was invaded, what was colonized is my mind. Yeah. So what do I do? I start questioning things. When people start questioning questioning things, that's when they actually get redemption. That's what actually actually when they get freedom. Why are you putting on my slippers? Why do I have to answer to you anyway? question things who said women are their own problem why did that person say it are women actually their own problem who said women are good diggers are you sure men are not good diggers who said black is ugly how do you know black is ugly have you seen yourself you can't see yourself yourself without a mirror doesn't that tell you something so somebody is seeing you with biased, flawed mind and telling you you're ugly, you're beautiful, and you believe that. Questions are the answer. You have to question yourself. And you have to put in the work. You have to 
devote your time, your energy to deconstructing erroneous conditionings, pattern, and all that. And it's a constant battle because you've not just been conditioned and that's it. There are things put in place in the society that keeps conditioning you. There could be movies that teaches um, uh, 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 that teaches you the wrong way to go about relationships because relationships these days can be selfish. Most times people think about themselves. I think one of the reasons why marriage is not working is because of what expectation. We expect marriage to solve all our problems. We expect marriage to make us happy every single day. So, but that's not what it is. So it's it's that that's a real battle. That's a real work. It's hard work. But you can do it because you get there one day. But I prefer to see it as something that's uh, a journey, a journey, not a destination, not a destination. Because as humans, you are not perfect. There was always there will always be some source of insecurity every now and then. But at least you is you are not like you haven't done anything at all. Yeah. So if you put me with somebody who hasn't done any form of work on their mind to decolonize their mind to deconstruct. Um, toxic and uh, erroneous condition you're going to see the difference because now if you walk into the room and I feel it, I, 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 I notice my heart skip faster I know why it is and I'll tell myself relax calm down and I can tell myself who are these men by the way do I have to center my, my life around human beings who are they I don't want 20 men I just want one, one, one man so why do I have to dress a certain way to please a vast majority of men when I, when I would just end up with just yeah. one person. So you have, start, you have to start questioning things. And you have to be ready. Make up your mind to want to change your narratives on a lot of things. And that's part of self-love, by the way. Oh, that's nice. This is all, this is all nice. Uh, thank you very much for all this. It's been enlightening for myself. You know, it's been really enlightening. Uh, some, of, some of the discussions I... I, I can't relate, especially the ones on relationship. I can't relate, but I think I can relate a little bit because I have uh, uh, young ladies around that I relate with. Not on a personal note, like a boyfriend, like a girlfriend, but you know, we know ourselves. We share things and we talk about things. And even I have to do some work in keeping and sustaining that relationship because I know sometimes they trip. I try my best to know how or what I might say that makes them trip and then I don't say it. Even with the guys that I know, I know some things that I might say that make them trip. So I try my best not to say those things and things like so it's very, very enlightening and it's 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 nice. Thank you very much for this time. Um what's your shout out? Well thank you for having me. I'm so glad to dish out this um useful information that have helped me i hope it helped especially our young girls yeah 12 15 i just even the early 20s even early to like 25 down even 25 because, upwards because the thing is this they don't even know that they're, they're being conditioned on a daily basis the movies are conditioning them novels teach them of happy ending yeah no, they, they, don't have, they have work to do their relationship is work so I'm just happy to share share this out. I'm I'm happy. I'm I hope that lots of teenagers who have age by their side, like age is wealth. Trust me, age is wealth. Your age is your assets. 
I hope they learn from this and don't make terrible, terrible mistake and not live with this kind of epileptic and um, mindset. I hope so. All right. Thank you very much, Uche. Thank you for uh, joining us in the Think Podcast. Guys, um, there's a lot of things we're working on and a lot of plans that we have, a lot of topics. So, and also thank you very much, you, for listening to this one, listening up to this point. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the efforts. I'll see you guys in the next one. Okay. Bye-bye.